0: Alright, what's happening? What up with it? What you know good and what it do? We'd like to thank you for tuning in. Our first episode, this is, and you are listening to Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast. This is the most provocative, entertaining podcast show around. I know what you're saying out there in the streets. since your first episode. How is it that good? Well, I guess you have to keep tuning in to find out. Now, hold up, but wait a minute. I know I'm not on this ride alone. I have with me two of my podcast partners in crime co-hosts, Dead prayers and No back Draw, and I'm Jules St. James. On PBTCP, we will be unapologetically taking deep dives into the world of sports, culture, entertainment, and everything in between. So on today's topic, we'll be pulling back the curtain on Kobe, the coronavirus, COVID-19, or the Chinese flu, however you want to call it, NBA, Chicago Bulls front office makeover, thank God, and the 30 for 30 documentary mm-hmm. series on the 97-98 Chicago Bulls, in my opinion, the greatest team ever. Dead prayers, no big draw. What's poppin'? Talk to
1: him, Man, what's good, man? I'm glad we're doing this, fellas, man. 2020. Man, can we get a, can we get a redo on 2020? <laughs> no, yeah, we... <laughs> yeah, we definitely need one. It's starting off it's starting off pretty bad. You want your wife like a DVR, huh? Man, for real, I just want to delete it, bro. Like, man, this, if this is the free trial, I don't want this shit, man. <laughs> Turn the sender. Man, for real. Man, so, man, how you guys been, though, man? How's everything, how's everything treating you guys right now? It's going pretty good. You
2: know, right now we got going on this corona thing. We're we'll getting into it in the moment. It's been, it's been really changing lives right now. Uh, Kid is home from school, so I'm not the happiest camper. You know, salute to the teachers out there because I can't do it, won't, don't want to do it.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. For them. How about yeah. you? How about you, Jules? Man, how's everything out there in the streets, man? Oh man, I'm just trying to, trying to, trying to stay
0: healthy and safe. But I, uh, I know uh, being cut by the blood, everything's all
1: good. So, so I'm not being worried about that. I just go out there, and just, just try to do what I do. I hear you, man. Well, man, let's get to it, man. I'm excited, man. Episode one, let's get to it, man. So, man, we, we got Kobe. Man, you know, this year started off with a with a thud, man, with, with Kobe passing. When you guys think of Kobe, man, what's what's the number one thing or the first thing that kind of pops in you guys' mind about him and his legacy?
2: I would say the first thing is the, he's the last of the great killers. Yeah, I mean, Mike was the ultimate killer, but Kobe was so much a part of Mike's DNA. It's sad, you know, to see what happened in this situation. I don't think you ever get another ball player like that in this banana boat uh, NBA that we live in right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be, uh, you know, his impact, impact and loss is going to be felt for a long time.
1: I agree, man. What, how are you feeling, Jules? Man,
2: Kobe, when I heard the
0: news that he passed and daughter thought of another but not another folk that was in the helicopter, it just, it just, it was, it was unbelievable. I just couldn't believe it. I just had to kind of just watch the news and, and look at my, my phone to, to see if somebody was playing a uh, prank or something like because it was just unbelievable. But his, his legacy, when I think about Kobe, the Black Mamba, you know, I, 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 I want to take something from him, because like, his dedication and his work ethic and his mind frame was just on point. Like uh, Novak said, he was a killer. and. You don't. They don't make make guys like that a lot. Man. So to lose him was, 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 was unbelievable. But uh, I tell you what, man, he's he he's definitely a uh, a role model to look up to. And nah, we, got a, and we got a lot of lot of lot of videos and, 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 and stuff that he said that that you can just piggyback and echo off
1: of to kind of to kind of go for go forward and whatever you want to do whatever no nah, man i I agree man I, I I still remember that day man when it happened and I text both of you guys I mean I was uh I was a mess man and that I'm not one of these guys man it's corny and cries when celebrities passes but this this was different man and and I tell people this was more than just like somebody a basketball player or a famous person passing like this dude was like a global icon we grew up with him he was the last of the killers And I'll tell you one thing, man, the way this guy, he lived his life, he provided a roadmap to all of us about how to be successful in his life. And that black Mamba, man, bro, that mindset, man, if we all could take a little bit of that and supply that in our daily lives, man, we all be out here just like this killing it, man. So I know um, this, this podcast, man, we, we birthed this just off the, off the strength of just like, man, like the way this guy lived and we've all talked about for months, like, Man, we should get a pod to go on. You know, you know, everybody talk about what they're gonna do, but you know, I salute us, man, because man, here we are. So, you know, I'm glad we're doing this and we're getting out on this journey. And 2020's been a it's been a bumpy ride. You know, we got this coronavirus and everything's been pretty crazy with that, man. So, what? How are you guys feeling about this um, social distancing and the stay the stay at home orders? Like, man, what, what's your guys' thoughts on that?
0: Man, wow. I was, you know, it's just, uh, you know, with this, with this whole, this whole pandemic, I, don't, I don't, you know, if you, 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 you would have told me that we'll be in the house or everything we shut down except for the essential uh, stores and locations, and and you have to wear a mask, and gloves, and you have to hand, sanitize your hands every two seconds, and, and you can't touch your, you can't touch your mouth or eyes or nothing like that, or you can't touch bags or food or. You know, it's crazy out here. I, I would never even imagine it's a million years. But uh, it's funny how uh, history repeats itself because, you know, like I uh, I've been reading up on and uh, America had its, or the or the world had its uh, deadliest food uh, pandemic back in 1918 with that Spanish flu, and it's pretty much almost the, the the same thing that uh, that we're going through now. You know, people have to walk around with masks on and. And they didn't have the type of medication or the, uh, medicine we have now, so it's, it's it's crazy how we don't have a, a vaccine or, or antibodies or whatever to, you know, kind of kind of kind of get rid of this uh this virus.
1: Now you're right, and you know one of the things that's kind of interesting about that, and it kind of ties into what we're talking about with that Spanish flu. I was looking back, and I and I realized Philadelphia they were really in a big hurry to kind of get everything back in order and try to, you know, try to live their lives as if things didn't exist. And it was almost, I don't even know the numbers, but it was a large number of their population that ended up dying because they rushed everybody back to work. And that's one of my right. biggest concerns about right. how we're trying to force this reopen. Like, right. what what you thinking about that, uh, Novak?
2: Well, I think right now the whole thing if you open up too soon, you know, you're gonna lose a lot more people. I think right now, from a medical perspective, I think that we don't know enough about it. If we can, you know, get reinfected. We don't know uh, exactly, you know, if the quarantine period is uh sufficient. I mean, even two weeks at home I don't think is a long time. But I you know, personally I haven't seen two coworkers get infected with it. I think it just man, it is what it is at this point. I think we need to worry about people more so than uh, trying to re-stimulate the economy at this point. I mean,
1: money's money. You're going to spend it. You're going to make it. But I think people's lives are more important at this point. No, I mean, I agree. I mean, we're, we're up to 2.3 million cases uh, worldwide. We got 163,000 deaths. Uh, I mean, that's, I mean, these numbers, man, these these are some crazy numbers. Uh, Jules, how how are you feeling about the uh, the stay-at-home order, man? You think we're going to extend that here in Illinois? Or what's your thoughts? Oh, i,
0: I, I... If I, if I was a man, you know, lifeboat or a prisoner, or whatever, I, I, I'll do it. Right now, you're playing with people's lives and stuff. I mean, it, it's a gamble, too. It better be safe and sorry, as as, as my mom always said. And you got to You got to extend it. I know a lot of a, a couple of a uh, couple of states have extended to the 15th uh, of May. You know, a few states have, and I'm pretty sure everybody's going to pick out pick back off those states. Um, and I think you need it. But see, the problem is you get people lying, not following the um, the order, you know, as I, you know, out in the streets and stuff, you still get people doing the same things. They, 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 they out in the streets, they in these stores, Uh not, not everybody's wearing masks, not everybody wearing gloves, they, they uh still playing ball. You're going down some of these blocks, they, uh, they, they uh, sitting on porches and, and, you know, and it's a group of them, not just one person, you know. It's a group, and it just you know some people just not taking it serious, and then I know it's some of the younger folks, you know, and, and the problem with that, you know, I know they're saying that the uh, uh, young younger folk is not going to affect them as much, hit them as much, but we don't know, we don't know what this virus could do, really. And you go back to the uh, your parents or grandparents, aunts or uncles, and they're older in age and dealing with health issues, and then that then there's your pandemic of people, people passing, you know, everybody needs to, I just say everybody needs to get along, get uh, on board and just, and hey, you know what, the meanwhile, until we get a handle on this thing, let's just say by practicing social discipline and uh, take, take this environment uh, seriously
1: Yeah, and you know what, one thing that, that kind of sticks out to me about this whole thing is, especially the way this pandemic is hitting the, uh, the black community, it, it's been really, really tough. And I mean, just speaking just uh, matter of factly, it hits close to home. I mean, you guys know my grandmother passed, you know, she Mm -hmm. was at a nursing home and the nursing home where she was living at, it hit that nursing home, like, you know, wildfire. I mean, they've had 25 deaths to this moment. And it's just one of those things that just this, this virus, man, is unpredictable. We don't know a lot about it. And I just think that people just need to, we got to take precautions out here. We got to be smart. We got to be safe. And, you know, people have to listen to the CDC and, definitely don't listen to this damn president because this guy's gonna get you killed. So just be <laughs> smart. What you you got anything else to add on this, Novak? Well, you got a good point there. I mean, right
2: now, I mean, it's kind of weird with government. You're not getting rid of information. You're not getting the information you want. You know, we're getting uh, answers that only pertain to stimulating the economy opposed to personal health uh, answers at this point. I think right now it's just a matter of uh, you know just you know taking precautions, staying staying indoors, wearing masks, wearing gloves, washing your hands. Something that we should have been doing the whole entire time as Americans. But you know, <laughs> yeah, I think a lot back. of people a lot of people weren't <laughs> washing their hands. You know, I see these soap sales are up right now, so I got I got to wonder you know who wasn't living right at this point. But you know we you're all right. know those people when you're in the bathroom and you see somebody slide out and you notice there's no water running at the end, so. It's just, you know, things are caught up with us right now. So, I mean, we have to change. And I think social distancing will be the way of the future moving forward because there are going to be more viruses, you know, with you know global warming, things going on like that. I mean, it's snowing in April right now. So the world
1: is definitely changing. And that's another thing, too, where nobody's really talking about. I mean, you have to look at this world that we're in today, man. It's a lot of these things. If you just pay attention to what's going on around you, and we know the, the environment right now is talking, man. So it's like. Right now, you know, we're giving it by everybody staying at home and, you know, staying off out the streets. I mean, mm-hmm. we're giving the environment a chance to kind of recover in a sense, you know. Yeah, so.
0: kinda, yeah right. And also, if I, if you mind, if I can uh, piggyback what you said there, prayers uh, about, you know, with that Spanish flu, how the second wave of it hit months after, and that was a, a, a bigger, you know, bigger problem. Right. You know, with, with Trump and his administration, we to open up the
1: Definitely, definitely agree with you on that, man. Definitely agree with you. And so, you know, as you kind of look at this whole coronavirus and how everything really uh, came to the forefront, you know, it took a player from the NBA testing positive, Rudy Gobert. You know, we, we know how that situation was with him not taking this virus seriously. He tests positive. A teammate Ooh. of his test positive for this. So when we look at the NBA and how they were the first to kind of take action, you know, what do you guys think as far as the NBA season? I mean, are we, are we on the right path to think that we should restart this season? Uh, do you guys think that if we do restart the season, how will we go about doing so? What's your guys' thoughts? I, I, I want to kick this over to you, Novak. Well, my thoughts on that right now is it would be difficult to restart the NBA
2: season considering, you know, what has transpired and the fact that these players need at least a month of training camp in order to get back into optimal shape. I mean, you already got a situation in the NBA where players are having more significant injuries, you know, due to training and due to longer seasons and the fact that the playoffs are a lot longer than they used to be. So I think uh, restarting the NBA season could be a bad thing at this point. But if you're going to do it, I will look at it more of a situation where you start up in like, you know, late July, early August, and you let the season play out. And then I, think I, look at a way, I look at a situation where maybe you resume the season later, you know, later in the year, you know, if you want to do that. Uh, but I but I prefer NBA season that starts in December opposed to, you know, traditional October moving forward because nobody starts watching NBA games after Christmas anyway, or Christmas Day is when NBA season starts in most households. You watch opening night, then we skip all the way to December 25th. unless you're, Unless you're watching your hometown Bulls or, you know, Pacers, if you happen to live in Indiana, you know, sad for you if you're watching the Pacers, but <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> but, but, you know, I guess they got to be fans too. We'll let the Pacers fans live. But I, I let them live. Let them yeah, live, man. Yeah, but I, I do think that, you know, trying to start the season up, you know, later would make sense. But, you know, if I had to vote on it, I would just, you know, cancel the season and start up in December. You know, start from scratch in December would make the most sense to me at this point. Well, how are you feeling about the jewels? Jules? Well, I, I will say now, 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 Novak, you saying start the season over in December or yeah. resuming resuming where we left off? At? I think I think you stop it. I mean, I think I think right now the problem is is that you know due to the fact we already had a stoppage with the passing, that was one stoppage. Then you got another stoppage which is the coronavirus. I mean, what's the third stoppage having to close down again because we all get reinfected? I think that um, it's best to you know let the, let nature play its way play play through these situations, start the nBA season either later July August if you want to if not, cancel it Let's start it up in December you know, get a player's time to you know you know focus on life at this point because it's more life in basketball oh man. that's true Oh,
1: man. That is, yeah that is
0: true man I didn't even look at it that way, man brother, I was over there talking about man they to start this thing up like in June or something you know, throw some masks and some big tech on on them out there and play. And uh uh, you know, let's get let's finish this season. I say we probably you know, they should uh start the uh playoffs off you know, playoffs off as it, as it is, whoever's in now, you know, get through the playoffs and and have you know, have the elimination um, rounds and stuff and and have a, have the NBA championship.
1: Uh well, you, yeah, well the one thing too to take to keep in mind is and I was actually surprised to hear this. They were saying, well, Giannis, he doesn't even have a setup where he could even take jump shots. So these guys, they're going to have to ramp back up. So there's a lot of different things that have to be taken into consideration with getting this league going back again. Because as, as Novak mentioned earlier, we have these injuries to think about, right? So, you know, what's that process like, It's going to look like? I mean, how, how long is it going to take these guys to ramp back up? Do we end the regular season as it was? What happened to the teams who were on the bubble with getting into the postseason? There's a lot of different things that we have to, you know, consider here. So what what do you guys think as far as that's concerned? I think trying to I think trying to wrap back up be difficult, you know,
2: considering the fact that, you know, one, you're right about teams on the bubble. Uh, you know, some teams might have an unfair advantage right now due to the fact that they got that, you know, that that lengthier rest at this period. I mean, if you had enough time to recover, you know, like say LeBron James, you know, he's an older player at this point. He is a OG in the league. Yep. I mean, the coronavirus has been an advantage for him at this point. Also, could be also could be a disadvantage because he got knocked off the rust. He's got to work twice as hard to get into basketball as opposed to like lifting free weights every day. You know, what lifting... what, what what year in the league is this for LeBron? This is seventeen. Whew. Wow. And that's a lot of mileage on the body. You know, you know, our bodies are like cars at this point. I mean, he you know he hasn't had any serious or major injuries at this point, but those nagging injuries turn into major injuries, you know, if he doesn't take care of himself. I mean, if it resumes, he has to fight through training camp again. Then he's got to fight to keep that number one seed in the West. And that means they may have to sacrifice sitting guys out on back-to-backs because their body's got to adjust to going, you know, playing those heavy minutes again
1: wow. and traveling. Right. right, yeah, you're right. That's a, good, that's a really good yeah. point. I mean, when you think of these teams, you know, especially, let's, let's just be honest here, you know, the Lakers – you know, they get Anthony Davis on that team, and, and he's not been known to finish a season, guys. So – and the one thing about a team like that is that those, those minutes, you know, they add up. And so I don't know what he's doing right now besides putting his house on the market. That's something else that we need to get into here because <laughs> that news came out last night, and I'm like, whoa. What 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 what, what, what do we think about that news? Uh, about Anthony Davis putting his, um,
2: his house – on the, on the market at this point. I think that um, it's interesting <laughs> to say the least, I think that this is like a cry to get back to Chicago at this point. I think that um, I think what you're going to start to see right now is that Anthony Davis is at a point in his career where he's a lot younger than his uh, co-star LeBron James. So that means that his window was a lot bigger than LeBron's window. LeBron's window was this year and next year in terms of me to compete for a championship at a high level. So he's looking more future at this point. And you probably know by our image in the background. We're thinking more towards Chicago because there's been a lot of rumors about him coming back if you know if the you know, if the management office got shifted around. Those changes have been made at this point. And there's also a connection here, I've been hearing a lot of Thibodeau rumors lately. So I mean I've heard those
1: I've heard those rumors too, man.
2: Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, Anthony Davis right now, you know, the win on the biggest stage in the world for him to be home in Chicago, it makes sense at this point. Him selling his house is the first sign that I'm not all in. He also declined that, um, that contract extension with the Lakers. So he's already showing them that basically that they got to do something significant
1: to make him want to stay. And, you know, what? one thing, too, uh, Novak and, and Jules, he's got a $28.7 million player option for next year. Well, do you guys think that he's gonna accept that, or you think he's gonna decline that? I mean, if the guy's putting his house up for the market, his point is point now he might might decline that offer, that option.
0: See what happened when what happened when when LeBron bought that house in LA? He went to LA for the next see We have Brady put his house up on the market. Now that boy in town. man, this 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 is right into the wall. Now if he come to Chicago, oh man, I'm buying I'm buying some season tickets. Uh,
1: okay. All right, man. Well,
0: sh- we better do this, man. <laughs> because it's time it's time for Chicago to get back on the map, man. We
1: got to get back to glory now. i tell you one thing, Uh If if this guy, if he if he, if he, he declines that player option and he goes uh, to, to the free agent market, the Bulls are going to have a lot of competition for this guy's services. You know, you got the Lakers. LeBron, he's not going to let this guy go easy. You know, right. LeBron, he needs that help. You know, you don't you know talk about Novak.
2: He's a he's a talent vampire. He is the he's the Tom Cruise in the NBA. I mean, right now he's looking for talent to keep him younger. I mean, he needs people around him to make him feel young. It's almost like a it's like a producer that's trying to make another another great album right now. He needs talent in the studio in order to make a, a platinum album at this point. And if LeBron doesn't have the talent around him, then you know he's afraid of being what Kobe was at the end of his career, where Kobe didn't have the talent to go out and compete for championships, but he still was a star in the league. I think that LeBron's about to go through that cycle right now where he's going to be good, but he's not going to be good enough to carry a team. You know, the, the mileage and wear and tear on the body is not going to get him there at this point. So, I mean, I think that um, if, if AD leaves and the other room, if Giannis goes to Golden State, I think the Lakers are in the world of pain at this point. I mean, I don't think there's any other
1: star out there that can help LeBron get to where he wants to go. No, you, you're right. there're going to be some lonely uh, years in La La Land for him uh, on the back end, just like it was for for our guy, uh, Black Mamba. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see. Do you guys think the Knicks could get into this at all? Anybody want to go to New York, you think? No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That, that was a that was very definitive answer. <laughs> hey, straight to the point. No, they ain't getting nothing off AD. Well, man. So the one thing too, you know, when you hear this this news about AD, you know, putting the house on the market, and man, we, we would love to get this guy back at home. The Bulls, the front office changed from last week. Pax is out. Uh, well, at least you know, out of that EVP role, guard, guards fired. We got our new guy AK. How you guys feeling about AK, man? And you think he's got? Is he's is he the guy to get this thing back in the right direction? I think that I think I think our is a really
2: good hire. You know, one of the things I like what he did in Denver. I mean, he totally revamped that whole Denver roster. I mean, they made some really good draft picks. You know, you got Michael Porter sitting out there. Uh, you know, you got you know you, you know you got you got your situation. You got you know you got Jamal Murray, who's pretty much a killer at this point. Um, you know, you got you know you got I J- he's pretty
1: he's he's pretty good with that IG too. Oh, oh yeah, another
2: star for another day. I guess. No problem, but I think I think it comes down to him being able to recreate Denver in Chicago at this point. I mean, you know, he said they had some really good drafts. You know, they even you know they even stole a player from us in the draft. You know, and so you think about like um in those situations where if he can come in and he could find a way to get those key free agents and then get a, and then draft better, you know, I'm not saying that Denzel Valentine was a bust. I'm not saying Lori Markin was a bust. I think it's about. Drafting the best player available opposed to drafting the player potential at this point. I mean, I'd rather take, you know, guys that – I'd rather take guys that I know can come in and give me 15 and 10 opposed to guys which, you know, potential might be 20, but his his four, is two points, you know, two points per game being hurt 30 games at this point. Right. I think that, um, I think that you know, he's going to draft better. He's going to draft smarter. We see a lot more European players come to the Bulls, I think, to be honest with you, because, you know, Europe is hot right now for, for scouting. Yep. I don't. I, I think the college game has slowed down a lot. So I think you got to have somebody creative enough to go out there and find players from, from different, you know, different countries, and different areas, different talents. At this point, I mean, traditional drafting is dead at this point.
1: It really is, Jules. Mm-hmm. So man, you you seem to be pretty. Uh... Pretty on point with this AD situation, and said, "Hey, man, you even be willing to put uh, put your money up?" So, mm-hmm. how you feeling about this hire? And, and you know, we we all have talked in the past about how we felt about the Bulls. So, does this move give you optimism, man?
0: Oh man, I uh, I'm, I'm I'm happy, but you know what? I'm I'm gonna wait till I see, you know, what they do with this. Now, now, now the Bulls haven't won a playoff series since 2015. You know, this year Fox. before the uh. Before the uh, coronavirus hit and the league had to suspend, you know, basketball, they was twenty-two and forty-three, so we wasn't we wasn't getting it done. You know, the, the that front office wasn't getting it done, and, and Ryan's off. You know, he had to make that decision. He made it. You know, I think he made an excellent decision. Uh, John Paxson, of course, he was in the uh, he was in uh, with the Bulls since uh, two thousand three as a GM. He served as a GM uh, until two thousand nine until he took that. Uh, the other position and and get a Gus come up in there, uh, Gar, I'm sorry. Uh, Gar, I think, you know, I don't think they did a bad job, but they just couldn't, uh, they just couldn't get done. That's all. You know, Foreman, you know, he was named, uh, 2011 NBA executive of the year. You know, he spent 10 years on the role and 22 years, uh, under the Bulls, a staff organization.
1: Uh, Well, I'll say this though, uh, that we should put an asterisk on that executive of the year because mm. i think that should be uh that should be given to d rose you know if, if we can mm. right being fair,
0: right yeah. you know he you know he had brought you know guard a, a, a former had brought some uh some talent in you know d rose and noah gibson jb and uh and cody and stuff like that and you know we get you definitely get get shout outs and stuff Wait for that and you know Paxton. you know coming from uh red on espn Report Packers was the one who actually came to round up and said they need to do some uh, some changing and some reshaping of the the front office, which I thought that was like, wow, okay, he I guess he figured out it was time for him to, you know, either go or step down, you know, had some fresh some fresh ideas and new blood come up in there.
1: Well, I tell you one thing, man, that, that that's all them billboard the billboards that he saw and all them fans uh putting up them, <laughs> them fire guard pack signs. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. He, ain't no, he ain't no stand-up guy. She, he, he saw the writing on the wall. Yeah, he saw it. He yeah. saw it. Fans stopped showing up. You know, I, I saw something on Twitter during the season Or a fan came to the uh, to the the arena. He had a fire guard pack jersey on. They ejected my mans out of the stadium. I'm like, y'all so worried about what fans are saying, but you're not worried about their product on the court. I mean, that to me, uh, Novak, I mean, how do you feel about that? When you got executives, they more worried about what the fan base is saying and doing then the players and the and I mean don't even give me start on this coach. Like what what are we doing? Well I, I think the thing was with Paxton is I
2: think he I think he definitely threw Formula under the bus on this situation. You know, him going to um Reinsdorf and saying pretty much need to make some changes. That was his way of making himself, you know, not expendable at this point. You know, he wanted to keep, you know, at least stay connected to the stay connected to the organization. He wanna be a part of what's going forward in a lesser role. I mean, he's going to pretty much have the same title as uh, Doug Collins at this point, you know, moving forward. And I think that, uh, you know, the fans the fans should have been the last people in this situation to feel the pain from a, a terrible product on the floor. They knew the product was terrible, you know, to start with. They knew that, you know, they weren't building a win at this point. And what happened is they thought they were going to get the Zion sweet stakes, uh, this year or get a higher lottery pick, and they ended up with lucky number seven again.
1: Oh, and, my God. And we – yeah, we, like we,
2: we're we snake bitten with
1: that damn seven, man.
2: No, <laughs> oh, man, it's the Ben Gordon curse, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know the Lou day Ben Gordon um, curse. At this point, I mean, I think that uh, you know the big issue right now is that you know they knew that head heads at the roll, passengers wanted to make sure he had a basket for his head. At this point, he didn't tell Foreman that the was coming. He just probably went in there late at night and said, we got a problem. And, he, <laughs> I, and I think that's exactly what happened in that situation. But I, I think that, you know, what you're going to see right now is a lot more accountability because you see some ticket holders um, basically stopped buying tickets. They started calling my house trying to sell tickets. They started texting me. I knew there was a problem. So, yep. so I mean, right now, what you're seeing right now is the fact that they're going to hold more accountable. You know I mean, when the socks are good, the bulls are bad.
1: If you have never noticed so it's, it's it's cycles of how you know, how sports teams in Chicago work. You, you're right about that. Jules, man, I'm going to kick it to you one last time on this, man. How how do you feel about this head coach, man, Boylan? Do you think he's the guy? Do you think AK is going to make a move on him? I, I'm hearing a lot of rumors, and it's making me uncomfortable with the fact that this guy still might be in this uh, seat uh, next season or when the season kicks back off. You see,
0: normally when you get a new man in charge, the man, he coming in and he cleaning the house and bringing his people home. You know, the first thing when he got uh uh, hired, first thing he said was the ultimate goal is clearly to bring the championship uh back to uh back to Chicago. And he said, All we can control is our approach to process behind every decision. Right. A firm you know, a firm foundation is absolutely vital into building that here in Chicago. We ain't skipping no steps. So you know what that means? Hey, I think he's gonna uh I think he's gonna clean house and, 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 and if not now. Eventually, if he keeps if he keeps the uh, coach now, if he don't produces, he's gone. So everybody got to step up and produce.
1: So no, I, I agree with you 100 percent on that. Uh, Novak, any players untouchable on this roster? How are we feeling about the roster?
2: Uh, right now, I say Kobe White. Um, that's about it, personally. <laughs> I think it's untouchable. <laughs> that's it, huh? You know, I think. Uh, I think. I think Wendell Carter is undersized at 6'9", you know, about 260. I mean, this ain't Horace Grant. <laughs> you know, this is Wendell Carter. Um, <laughs> I think he's an okay defender. Um, you know, I think that um, – I think right now, when you look at the organization from top to bottom, I, th- I think Denzel Valentine is an odd man out in this situation. I think Dunn is an odd man out. Mm. Um, I could see – you know, I could see Kobe sticking around. You know, I think Kobe is the, the one player you could build around. Mm-hmm. Uh, Larry marketing. I, I, you know, I don't know who he is. You know, I, you know, I've been trying to figure that out for like three years now. I
1: don't think I don't think, think Laurie knows who he is, man, on this team. Yeah, I mean, he knows how to get to Portillos, apparently. But you know, <laughs> that, you know that,
2: that, that's about it, pretty much. You know, you know, him and you know, <laughs> <It's the> Portillos. <laughs> him and, him it, and Portillos were regulars at Portillos. I mean, <laughs> they do get the they do get that file
1: uh, uh, bacon cheeseburger now. Yeah, <laughs> the I wonder what he was ordering up there because I, I I know uh your boy went uh God man your boy uh who, who was the guy that was the Simeon kid Jabari, when yeah. when he was here my man's was a, a staple at Harolds and he was taking some of them young guys with him. Oh man, mm.
2: terrible! He didn't want to play no D, but he wanted he want the, the he want the mouse sauce, <laughs> he want that three piece fried crispy. Yeah. Right on. Give me a give me a Jabari. What's that? Whatever you get. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, uh, you know, it is what you know. It is what it is. I think I think that uh, I think Larry Larry never panned out as a star, even as a supporting role player at this point. And I think at uh, going into the fourth year in the NBA, he's not going to become he's not going to become the man at this point. So you're not going to get any return on that investment. I mean, their second round picks a little better than their first round picks, to be honest isn't, with you. you know,
1: Isn't that something, when you think about that?
2: Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's a it's a, it's a really interesting path. I mean, I think you keep Kobe. You package up as many of those parts as you can and try to turn them into something solid. You go out and you sign to AD or something like that or convince them to come to Chicago, because AD yeah. will bring other great players with him. Hey,
1: that's, that's
2: something to think about, too. Why, why these great players that's out there don't want to come, come to the shot?
1: Gar Foreman. Man. Weather. And, and you got to think about it, too, fellas. Uh, look at the way they treated Mike and Pip and those guys oh. on the way out the door.
0: Yeah, right, you're right man. Man,
1: that, that echoes, man. Man. I mean, Dwayne Wade even said it, but then he came here and got his payday, you know. But that's another story for another day. With that. <laughs> <laughs> it, was more,
2: it was more than a payday. It was Robbie without a mask or a gun.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he just walked I mean, in and said, pay me. I mean, how much did he get? Was it forty million for one season? Uh, forty for two. Yeah, forty for two. But he did what one? Yeah, he did one, and he got the buyout.
2: Yeah, that's right. That's right. You're right. You got. You got. He got a nice payday. I mean, Gabby got a lot of bags. <laughs> Man. <laughs> yeah. Right. A lot of bags. A lot of
0: stilettos.
2: A lot yeah, of bad get... TV shows. You know, she didn't care what she had to after that. You know.
1: <laughs> and what that? You know what that whole situation? You, you think about that. So we we joking, right? So I mean, think about this, right? So. We we had to endure the the Jimmy Butler, the Dwayne Wade, the Rajon Rondo days, right? I mean that team was going absolutely nowhere, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and but that was a team that they wanted to get more. Uh, what they wanted to get younger and more athletic. Like that. That's just the epitome of this team, right? There's no identity. The the executive team had no vision on how to build or how to do anything. And right now, when we look at this roster, this roster just has a bunch of players. But right. I don't see the rhyme or reason. Uh, Zach Levine, is he a number one guy? I don't know. What do you guys think?
2: No. I mean, Zach – the problem with Zach Levine is that he's one-dimensional. And, you know, he's Ryan Mercer in the old NBA, if you think about it. Empty
1: calories. Empty calories. He's Ryan Mercer. I mean,
2: when you're talking talking athleticism, Ryan was athletic too. I used to see Ryan at the Army all the time in the summer, Jamal Crawford, and they were putting in work. So, you know, you think in terms of, like, NBA work is different than, you know, being at home in your house, you be putting up jump shots at this point. Or, you know, or maybe doing a 360 dunk. If you ain't winning, it doesn't matter at this point. You know, you can be flashy as you want. But I say no to Zach. Chris Dunn, no. Otto Porter, I don't know why we did that. Uh, Thaddeus, Young is a, Thaddeus Young is a great player for a championship team, but we ain't there.
1: Nope.
2: <laughs> Ryan, uh, you know, no, Ryan, Your boy Archie. Works hard, works hard. I mean, he got a career in coaching. coming up at some point. He's gonna be a great coach. <laughs> I think. Dan, I think Daniel Gafford and uh, and Kobe White are the two best
1: best young players on the team. Dude, I like the way Gafford plays. He plays hard, man. He's he got a little chip on the shoulder, don't he? Well, if you go on the second round and you know somebody you know gave you
2: a smaller uh, check to eat off eat off of and take care of your fam, you'd be pissed too because you know he's you he think he's just as good as Wendell. He thinks just as good as Lowry in this situation, and he played more games than him this year. He got they got more production out of him on the budget contract than did out their stars in their uh, up and coming uh, front court. Didn't they send him down
1: to the Windy City team too at one point this season?
2: Yep. Wow. That and, says a lot, man. That uh, says a lot. And Chandler Hutchison, I don't know what that is. You know, I think that's a favor. Called in from home, draft him because you know draft I mean, him because he's cool with somebody. But yep. other than that, I mean, is he an NBA player? Probably not. You know, what I see, he has the tools and size to be an NBA player. But there are guys in Europe with the same skill set. The guy, he can't shoot. Yeah, in fact, Shaq Harrison is pretty cool. I mean, I you know I, I like the way he works. I think he's better. I think he's better at being Chris Dunn, Chris Dunn than Chris Dunn is being at Chris Dunn at this point. And it'd it'd be cheaper player. too. it will be same cheaper. Player
1: trooper what you guys think about dizel washington i mean Denzel Valentine sorry about that why, why why did he play
2: um i think undersized he's like maybe about six three they got him playing a two guard he's more of a combo guard you know in that situation he's he's not explosive he don't play the i mean defensively he's got he's got smarty on defense in order to be effective a defender in the nBA at this point. He doesn't have a foot speed or a lateral quickness to cut off a uh, you know a John ja Morant or somebody who's an exceptional athlete at this point. He's gotta outsmart him. And I think, you know, when they went out and to got Tomas, you know, and they brought Tomas in the fold, who's a little bit taller. That's right. that the and the Denzel, you're paying Tomas a lot of money to be a backup at this point to Kobe. And also be a two uh, also be a combo guard for when um you know whoever's who's ever Zach Levina's not on the floor. I mean I think um I think Denzel just in a bad place. I mean, I say two more years in the league, you don't see this
1: kid probably somewhere in Europe or, or coaching. That's a, it's unfortunate, man. I, I saw bigger things for him when the, when the team drafted him. Uh, so, uh, Jules, man, so we looking ahead, man. We, we we man, we we talking about all this stuff that this 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 current team isn't doing and what it wasn't. But then we look back to the past when we were growing up, man, and we had those Bulls dynasty teams, man. We had oh, two repeat teams, right? Oh, yes, sir. We got that last dance uh, documentary coming on, man. Bro, what was your favorite memory of that 98 team, man? Oh, man. You
0: know, that team record was 62 and 20. Man, I watched. I believe I watched every game. I believe. <laughs> <laughs> man, my favorite, man. Got it. You know what? When you, say, when you think of that team, the, the only thing I can think about that pops up right in my mind is that last shot with Jordan took. That, that defensive steal on Utah and he come down and and, and cross up old Russell and, and drain that bucket and, and that was it.
1: And you know what? I don't even care if Jordan did push off. Do some push up, <laughs> Russell.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. It wasn't it wasn't no no he just had a hand he didn't push up for the words that are out there talking about Jordan pushed. No, it wasn't no push.
1: I didn't think so either. No.
0: Go back, y'all go back and do that tape. You all all I saw
1: was a killer, killer.
2: That's right. Nah, no, it wasn't a push. I think what happened was, you know, I, I, you know, I agree with uh, Prez on that. It's called getting the weight room. What he did he? shrugged him. He gave him a shrug. It That's wasn't right. A push. Mhm. It'll, cool. It'll
0: be cool.
1: It'll be cool like a, like a swim move in football. <laughs> That's true, right? One those one of those Khalil Mack <laughs> swim moves, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So so uh, Novak man, what was your favorite memory of that ninety eighteen? It's like, you know, I think,
2: the, I think my favorite memory is that Pacers series before they got to the finals. I mean, watching you know, watch him pretty much go mono mono with Reggie one more time it was pretty nice. You know, the fact that they don't like each other and watching them just destroy Reggie in the playoffs, you know, pretty much that was Reggie, Reggie's like last moment, <laughs> last Michael moment, trying to get revenge. I mean, it was really nice. And then that, you know, that first round, they swept that first round pretty quick over New Jersey. I mean, that was pretty funny. I mean, it made, it made the Jersey better, you know, in that situation, to be honest with you. And then, you know, of course you saw the Hornets get dismantled, you know, in the, in the next round. I mean, I think the playoff series that year were probably the best because they were just on a mission, you know. Every, every series was a battle. And everybody brought their A game. That's
1: right. You know mm-hmm. what? You Nobody know realizes when you think back to that season – a lot of people don't realize that Pip missed 35 games that season. He had surgery on that on that foot, a left oh, foot, I right. think it was. Yeah,
0: that's right. You know, right.
1: And, and, you know, a lot of people, there's conspiracy theorists out there to say that Scotty did that on purpose because uh, the contract disputes. And, you know, Pip always was kind of bickering with the organization over money. You know, I kind of side with him because, you know, Bulls' organization, they're notorious for not paying people what they're worth. I mean, why was Jordan so underpaid his whole career? But, you know, that is what it is. But yeah, a lot of people don't realize that. And you know what? One thing that I'm gonna open up to you guys real quick, Scotty Pippen. So we all know, man, Mike's the GOAT. He's the greatest of all time. But man, why why is Scotty so slept on? Because Scotty, man, he was a killer too, you know.
2: Well, I think I think the thing with Scotty is is that when you play next to somebody who's like basketball royalty in your entire career, and that guy gets fifty and you get twenty, nobody notices the twenty. <laughs> so I think so I think a lot of it is that, you know, Scotty never got that respect because, you know, unless you're a basketball, fund, you know, basketball purist at this point and you watch every element of a basketball play, you don't notice how much he does off the ball and how much he does when Mike is out there working or he guards the best player on another team and Mike's tired. I mean, they had a Doberman mentality. They switched off a Doberman pretty much guarding the front door. And I think that, you know, Scotty slept on because a lot of people just don't want to admit he was that good. Two, they remember him getting those knots upside his head from the pistons, getting knocked on the floor. <laughs> so a lot of people go back to that, you know, that injured the injured wounded Scotty Pippen laying on the ground or Scotty crying or Scotty with the lump on his head. We never saw Mike with a lump on his head. <laughs> no, you, know, you wasn't fucking Mike. You yeah, wasn't hitting Mike like that no but you're hitting scotty like this but so, so, so with scotty i think it was a respect thing you know you got to think about it when opposing fans were booing him and cheering you know i know your wife at games i remember being at uh chicago stadium united center hearing those chants and scotty almost in tears i think scotty's mental fortitude was different than michael's mental fortitude you know they could get to scotty but you know also you gotta remember that year when mike retired and he didn't get over the hump and everybody said if he wants a the championship then he is you know, seen one of the greatest players of all the time. He didn't need to do that to be considered great, but a lot of people hold him to that standard and say he didn't get it done when Mike was gone.
1: I will say this though, to to, to, to push back, Hugh Hollins is a hater though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, you you guys know that wasn't no foul. That wasn't a foul. Right. And I'm not. I'm not a homer at all. Not in my Hard at all. Just just saying. Putting it out there. I don't know you what know, they got to do. One of the you know, one of the things that, man, when I think back to that 98 season, man, I think back to two, two, two things. Uh, Pip playing hurt in the finals with that back injury. I mean, okay. man, he, he he gutted it out. And then and then your boy Rodman, man, Jules, man, he was the biggest Rodman fan of anybody I ever yes, knew in sir. my life. Like, he loved him some Rodman. And I'll tell you one thing, I was so on the fence when Dennis came to the Bulls because, you know, you think about those bad boy rivalries, you know, uh, Novak, you brought up the, the Scotty taking those lumps to the head. I mean, dude, I did not want that guy on his team, but he grew on me, and I'm talking oh, about the worm. Man. man, Juice, talk talk to me about like man, how, how the worm, how, how what made you fall in love with him so much in the Bulls uniform?
0: Oh, when when well, I know what he what he we, we can bring when when was with the bad boy Pistons. Oh, he was see that's that that's that man that do all the dirty work for you. You need somebody out there with that with that grit. You need that dog out there, and that's what Dennis Robert bring. He was out there. Now, he wasn't the best shooter, but his his. What, what's the problem now with the Bulls nowadays? There's no identity. The team don't have no identity. That's all. You got these players. You trying to throw some on the wall, you throw you throw some on the court to see if it's stick. It's not. It's not jiving. They're not jiving. These Bulls here, that ninety, that that that, 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 that 91, 93 Bulls, ninety six ninety eight bulls and stuff like that. Everybody had their they had their roles and they know what they do when they went out there and executed They did. Now Robin when Robin came on the scene, that man from day one was playing like playing like he he, he wasn't playing basketball again. He left it all out on the on court. What what and that and that what grabbed my attention. When he's out there scrambling and hustling, guarding the biggest, biggest centers. Now Robin's what, six what? Seven? Ooh, maybe, right? Maybe about six, 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 seven. Six, yeah. six, six, seven, and he's guarding centers. When they fought, when they when they went up against LA with Shaq, he was putting Shaq. He was stopping Shaq. One on one, too. Man, that man went out there and he worked. Man, I just I just uh, uh, appreciate his work ethic and what he what he brought to the table.
1: I will say this about Robin, man, he was true Chicago man because he'll go out to five a.m. and then turn it back around the next night and grab twenty rebounds. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah.
0: that's I don't know if they was on back then,
1: but they need that now, man. <laughs> yeah, they they need a lot of something now. Maybe maybe those guys need to put on some feather boas or something, because man, this team nowadays, man, they don't they don't have nothing going. Right. So, man, Novak, man, what 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 you hoping that they cover on this documentary, man? Hope hope you get a really good idea of how
2: much work and preparation goes into being Michael Jordan. How much work it goes into you know being his teammate, and, you know, and being a championship team at this point. I think a lot of people think, you know, because you see the LeBron era, you see the Golden State era, they make it look pretty sometimes, very Hollywood. I think you're gonna get a really good uh, insider's view into like what it's really like in the locker room. You know, you know, it's not all kittens and puppies and, and bubble gum at this point. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. you, I mean, you're gonna hear grown men in each other's face. You're gonna hear people say things that might, you know, hurt other people's feelings. But if you grew up in Chicago, you don't laugh about it. I mean. Um, I think some people, some people don't come away from that documentary thinking that you know, he's the greatest player of all time, but you know, as a person, they're going to question this per- you know, who he is as a person. But I think at the same time, every champion or every great player has a mean streak. You know, that's the only way you get to be good in this sport. I mean, you've got to constantly ride people to get them to the level you play at. But I'm hoping, I'm hoping that people get a really good view of what it takes to get there
1: and what, you know, how you get to stay on top. I think too. Yes, that I agree with that a hundred percent. I think the thing that I want to hear a little bit more about is Mike's thoughts on the bad boys and Isaiah Thomas. I mean, we all know Mike and Isaiah had a rivalry. Uh, according to some people out there, you know, they stated Mike kept uh, Isaiah off the uh, dream team, right? Right. So that's I would right. love to hear what he has to say about about Isaiah. That's what a, you? How it's yeah, interesting? Yeah, it's going to definitely be it. Man, I'm, I'm excited, man. I can't wait till this thing kicks off. You know, it's, it's going to be great. You know, and like you said, man, it's a lot of guys in this generation that, you know, they try to disrespect our generation by trying to say that LeBron is, is the greatest. I'm not even <laughs> going to even – we're not even going to dignify that on here on this podcast because we, we know what's fact from fiction around here. But mm-hmm. I hope that the people that watch this documentary will realize that this thing – it's not even a, a debate anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? It should have right. never been a debate. It should right. It should never been. Oh,
0: but but yeah. But but uh, but as you guys are saying, a lot of cats, uh, you know, few cats don't know about Mike and in, in, the, in these bull, these Bulls team uh, don't know don't really haven't seen Mike play and know how good he was.
1: And Mike was, he wasn't touching Mike. I think a lot of these guys now, when they think of Jordan, they think of the crying memes and, right. and, and, and the sneakers, you know what I mean? But that, that should show you one thing. This guy have not played in the league since – What? what, what I, don't, I hate even talking about the Wizards' days, but what what, what was the Wizards' days, Novak? back? Uh, are talking about the Wizards, the Bullets, or <laughs> whatever the hell they were <laughs> yeah, called. Yeah, I mean, he, he should have never put on that jersey, but what, yeah. what year was
2: that? I mean, that was, was that, 2000, around that time period, 2000, 2001, when you played for the, uh, with the, the Wizards at that time. You know, they had changed yep. names again due to the whole gun association. Right. I mean, that Michael was a different form. That Michael was Michael trying not to uh, walk away from something you love to do every day. So he was at a crossroads. I mean, the hardest time for a player is after he stops playing is because he's got to learn to be normal and do things outside of basketball. It's like – if that's all you're used to doing every day, getting up every morning, it's hard to find balance in your life. So he wasn't ready to say goodbye. And that's what that was about. He still was one of the best players in the league, even almost 40. But at the same time, you know, it wasn't the same Michael that, you know, we got in the three championships. It wasn't the same, you know, the competitive fire was still there, but he looked like he was doing it for the wrong reason. And seeing him
1: in that, that, you know, that blue uniform, really hurt a lot of people's feelings. I'm telling you, it hurt my feelings. I, but you know what? We, I still remember those days, man. We still rocked with him. Remember the the the, oh, yeah. the first game when he came back to the UC when he uh when he put your boy Mercer's uh, shot on the glass. Yeah, Zach <laughs> <Is that laughs> Levine senior.
0: <laughs> man, he
1: put that. He put that ball on the backboard, man. And then and it stared at him. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm just telling you, man. Mike, I'm telling you, we, we man, we we were blessed, man. I, and I, you know what? The thing is, I, I'm gonna speak for myself on this one. I don't feel like we definitely appreciated him when we had him because I think we took that for granted, those years of greatness.
2: I agree. I agree because it's like we got so used to winning every year or being in the hunt to win every year that now we're in the dark days of the the Bulls franchise again. And we're like, what the hell? Because, you know, we were crushing everybody's dreams and hopes all those years. Now, all of a sudden, now people come to Chicago and laugh when they win a Bulls game or they go out and have steak. You know, Mike used to buy people steak and then beat the hell out of them.
1: so he sure The, did.
2: the difference yeah. now is people come here and eat in the steakhouse and they're happy. You know, I, I want those unhappy days to come back when they go to Morton's Steakhouse. And, you know, some player, like, Derek was going there before he got hurt. Derek had that mentality, like, I don't need none of y'all in order to win a championship. And that's what you respect about D. Rose in that situation because, you know, that DNA of... Not needing to buddy up was inside of him, and that you know, ultimately that might have cost him a championship, but I wouldn't have any other way.
1: Well, I mean, he was he was true Chicago man, true mm-hmm. Chicago. Well, man, I dude, I'm I, man, I can't say it again. I, I'm excited for this for this documentary, man. This has been a good first episode, fellas, man. You guys got any closing thoughts here, man, before we uh, wrap up to our uh, last segment here? Oh
0: man, that's a uh... Wash your
2: hands out there. <laughs> Wash your hands. <laughs> Wash your it, hands, brush your teeth. Brush your teeth Wash your ass, out. do all of it.
0: <laughs> get, get, man, this, get that I, get that loofah out. <laughs> I would say, uh I would say, man, this is gonna be one uh one enjoyable, incredible ride, man. I'm, I'm glad that we're doing this, man. And uh man, man, prayers man. Hey my myself out I took my I bow myself to you, man, because you came up there with this idea, man,
1: and Peruvian and stuff, and then here we are, man. This gonna be, it's gonna be a good ride, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to. It. I'm doing this with my brothers, man. So I'm, i man. I'd rather be nowhere else with you guys doing this, man. Let's, let's, let's kill this thing, brother. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Our last segment here on the podcast is called our, our curtain call segment here. So I'm gonna turn this over to Novak, and he's gonna close the show down for us. All right, I, I want
2: to start off first by giving a shout out to Larry Moe. I mean, Larry Lightfoot, I mean, Lori Lightfoot,
1: <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. That's
2: all I'm saying. <laughs> so Lori, Lori Lightfoot, you know, it, it's hard. You know, I, those memes pretty much have, uh, you know, jaded my, my mind pretty much in terms. of I see her, I say, Larry, I know it's Larry, uh, Lori Basically, at this point. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I would say, like, you know, she's done a great job in terms of like, you know, prioritizing, uh, you know, being, being, protect, being protected out there, washing your hands, staying indoors. Uh, she's also showed a human side pretty much by being able to laugh at herself. You know, a lot of people can't laugh at themselves in memes. I mean, it was hard for Michael to laugh at a crying meme, but Lori's done pretty good at being able to take all these jokes in stride and use them to be productive to help people stay alive during this pandemic. But I would say that, you know, it's, you know, a lot of things going on in the world. I mean, I think that sports and celebrity celebrity updates and statuses help us go, help us keep going sometimes. It's good to know that they're human like we are. I think this pandemic has also put life in perspective for everybody. You know, we're noticing that, you know, as as a united country we get a lot of things done, even despite who's the leader in office, you know, still a lot of things we can accomplish and get done in this universe. I think we just gotta, you know, take care of each other, wait this thing out, you know, let nature uh, run its course and try to keep everybody healthy and safe out there.
1: Man, that's that's well said, brother. That is well said, man. I and I, <laughs> it's so funny, man, when you think of some of those memes. And like you said, man, it's, it's hard for some people to be able to take a joke, man. But she's like, she's leaning into it, and so I definitely salute her. <laughs> Jules, what you got on the way out, man? Oh man, yeah, I definitely salute because some of the main, you know, you know, people would be cruel, but
0: but she take it as a – you know, she knew when she got into the job, she had to be the kids and stuff. And people were gonna be coming at her and and stuff, and she just turned it and used it use it for a fun and stuff and I and I can respect that and I can uh, I can I can honor that and, and, and with that right there like echo off of uh no bank, hey, you know what if you got you know, if you got my vote again.
2: Oh same here. I took you vote for again in that situation. Uh, I don't know about J B but I'm not going there. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm not going there. You know, I'm not trying to get political about things, you know. Everybody's yep. to their opinions on things but um Yep I think that, you know, it's more of a situation. I think that he's done a great job with, you know, getting things done. I just want less bickering and back and forth. You know, I think arguing with some argument, logical people, you ain't going to win that argument. It is what it is, but you still got to hold yourself to a higher level, a a higher standard at this point to get things done. He's
1: done a good job with that, but there is some bickering. I don't like to see. Yeah, exactly. And we don't need that, especially during these times. And we need us all to come together and, uh, the the thing that I want to say as we as we as we wrapping up this thing is I want to give a shout out to all our first responders, my boy Jules out there keeping these streets safe. It's a lot of knuckleheads out yeah. there. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you,
0: man. Appreciate you. Thank man, you,
1: Jules. Appreciate you. No, no problem. No problem. My pleasure. Praise the Lord. Our healthcare professionals, man. These people out there on those first lines, man, dealing with these people that are battling this virus, man. I, I man, I can't I can't say enough about the job that these guys are doing on that front line with, for us. And it's just our central workforce. I mean, you you got people that are working at these grocery stores, uh, people that are working Mm -hmm. at these restaurants. I mean, man, these people are keeping this country going, and those are the people that no one's talking about. So we want to salute you guys too. So I do appreciate you guys, and that's where I'm at on this thing, man. Thank you guys all for what you guys are doing for us. We will get through these tough times together, fellas. This has been a great first episode, man. Yes, sir. I agree. Cool, man. Well, hey, this is the Pulling Back Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week. All right, see you. All right, see you.